on her man, she cleans up nice. If I can get her hot, she'll go all night. She's had a little work done there in the back. The front's all natural. I like it like that. Man, you wanna see her when she gets fueled up. She left a lot of men standing there in the dust. She'll give me that quick with a little bit of love. What? I love my truck. And we're doing it better than anybody else alive. This is the Cutline Podcast with your host, Michael Cavalunis. Grab your tractors, your lawnmowers, get those gas mowers going. How about you running on battery? Got the old Ego going. I just bought one. Not disappointed. A little bit. A little disappointed. Not going to lie. There's a little drawback to it, but whatever. We're not going to get to it, but the scoring is going to be crazy, and the cut line is going to break down the John Deere Classic. I'm itching to look ahead to the Open Championship. Not going to do it. But we are almost, almost there. So close. So close to being there. Yet as anxious as we are for a trip to get across that pond, we are looking at somewhere in middle America. But first, hello Canada, hello Australia, hello USA, hello UK. Cutline is dedicated to providing the best PGA DFS analysis in the industry. So if you're new to the show... We done. You have come to the wrong house to think that any of the stereotypes or misconceptions of moonshiners ain't true. Tattoo, criminal record, toothless. Some of the stories behind why we're the way we are may be misled. The reason I knocked my teeth out is because of a motorcycle wreck. It ain't because I didn't have a toothbrush. It's not misconceptions. It's not rumors. It's a way of life. What? And if you are a returning listener, Nat Damon! Welcome back. I'm Mike Kevin Lunas at Lunas on Twitter, L I U N A S. And I'm looking forward to breaking down the John Deere Classic. It's the name of the game. You win some, you lose some, but as long as you are a high flying, limo riding, Rolex wearing son of a gun, there's always this week's opportunity for a huge win. And let's be real, getting different this week can really really help you so cutline is here to bring you in-depth DraftKings analysis of the john deere classic and i'm gonna do the best i can well howdy there people it's crazy kimmer the rimps and redneck yeah so i have this friend that i that i know we call him tater not well he says we call him tater because he likes french fries but that's not really why we call him Tater. We call him Tater because he's short like a tater tie. But that's okay because we still love you, Tater. Mm. 
But anyway, Tater's been trying to get me to go golfing. I don't do no golfing. I don't get it. I don't know why these people walk around swinging these sticks at the ball. To give you the best opportunity to cash on Sunday, we'll be sure to bring in timely wax, greenside sand traps, and a putt that might drop in through the back door. What is it about good sex that makes me have to crap? I guess it's all that pumping. Pump and dump. We want to make sure that you're cashing and smashing on Sunday with your best lineups, lineups that are in the green, building your best lineups week in and week out, and of course, getting six of six through the cut line. Now this week, the PGA Tour tackles the John Deere Classic. It's a little weird because we are looking at a course that, guess what? It has no teeth. Literally, has no teeth. And of course, you can go to cutline.com and cutlinegolf.com and read the course report, our tournament model, our Vegas plays. You can look up past podcasts, the foreplay, which people are always looking forward to, including my man, Brady. He loves the foreplay. Rishi, you do too. And I know Kirshner comes here once in a while as well. But so what? We're looking at the course report for TBC Deer Run. It's a birdie-making course, and we should see a winner that will go beyond 20 under. In fact, at least 10 tournaments played at TPC, we've only seen one winner with a score that hasn't reached minus 20. And for those that you don't enjoy how easy Detroit Golf Club was a few years ago, well, turn towards the Scottish Open, turn towards towards next weekend, whatever you want to do. It's a second shot course. It's going to reward those that are precise and simply on fire with their putter. When compared to the TPC Deer Run and Detroit Golf Club, the only major difference that we're going to see is the type of grass greens, and that is Bermuda. I'm sorry, bent grass greens. Woo! Could have really blew it there. Um, some trends for the last six winners have been first time winners on the PGA tour. And this is super easy course. Take that into account. Uh, finally, all cup monk mavers tend to be above 70% in both driving accuracy and greens and regulation percentage. This isn't to say that fairway accuracy isn't a must, but it certainly does make your approach shot a lot easier when you need to be close to the pin. So the latest, the last key is just getting your wedge shots exactly dialed in. Like, you want to be right next to that pin, putting for birdie on every single hole. Architect DA Weinberg, Bentgrass Green, 6,000 square feet. Stint meter 11 to 12 plus, 7,268 yards, par 71 with four water hazards and 78 bunkers. Looking at the weather ahead, it's a little windy tomorrow for Midwest standards. You get gusts up to 26, but we're looking at a wind that's pretty constant around 11 to 10 miles per hour. And then Friday calms down for the rest of the weekend approach shot distribution over the last five years most shots have come between 125 and 200 yards on approach the most though actually the highest on average is 125 to 150 again we're looking at wedge shots past winners last few years glover fratelli michael kim dechambeau and ryan moore stats i'm looking at ball striking strokes gain approach and the shot uh, the approach distribution strokes gain t to green total greens and regulation gained opportunities gained and of course dk scoring on easy courses gives us a lot of interesting plays for this week similar courses twin cities craig ranch detroit golf club sea island and port royal the question is who am i gonna play this weekend these two putts from victory only needs one. Ooh, got a member's bounce there, boys. That's birdie all day long. This is the Cut Lines Birdie or Better segment where we break down each tier of DraftKings pricing 
And we are going to start this week with the way we've been doing the last four, five, six weeks. And I actually love this breakdown. It's really coming through for gambling purposes, for looking at ways to think outside of the box. And we're going to start with our putters that are just popping in our bent grass putting model, but not showing up in our overall stat model. And that includes Patrick Rogers, Lahiri, Shank, Lipsky, Pendrith, Leviota, Michael Thompson, Vince Whaley, Roger Sloan, Gligic, and Sang Yul No. And if you notice, none of these guys, except for Patrick Rogers, are chalk. Well, we're getting a little bit of double double digit ownership in Adam Shank, but I don't mind it at 10%. So looking at these guys, they are bent grass experts. So from overall top to bottom. Uh, Rogers is 26th, Samuel Noah is 2nd, Roger Sloan is 12th, Pendrith is 15th, Adam Shank is 19th, and these are guys that you're going to bank that over the next four rounds, they are going to putt the ball to death and figure out all the other flaws in their game. Again, they don't pop in my overall stat model, but now here's a unique thing that I saw about a few of these guys, and they're not getting the love I thought. Hank Leviota, David Lipsky and Adam Shank all pop in my approach model in terms of the distances that I was very much weeding, scoring, birding, all that stuff. And of those guys that I mentioned, only Leviota struggles off the tee. And he struggles with distance, more or less, but he's middle of the pack in terms of hitting the fairway. Shank misses fairways like crazy. But again, these are opportunities for guys to score. Um, You need proof of this and how volatile it can be. Shank, fourth and sixth and a missed cut in the last three tournaments here. Hank Lebiota, eighth, missed cut. All right, continuing on with these guys. Everyone's going after Rodgers. He's really chalky. Probably going to be anywhere from 18 to 24% owned, depending on your contest. Uh, four or four miscut or made cuts, but you look at Lahiri, miscut 47th, uh, Thompson 41st, 37th, two miscuts, uh, Roger Sloan 71st, 10th place finish. So these are opportunities to get different, take advantage of the field, low ownership plays. Guys could get hot putters, get hot on approach, could take advantage of the field. Last thing I like, and specifically about Taylor Pendrith. In terms of my style projections, what the style projections are, you can find this on cutlinegolf.com, is these projections take into multiple course styles that are similar and correlate with what we're going to see here at the John Deere. Pendrith, limited sample size, don't get me wrong, second in the field, not just this group that I mentioned, second in the field, Sloan, 22nd in the field. In terms of DraftKings scoring, course projections for Sloan, 20th. All right, he's not popping in people's models. He's $6,500, most definitely an option I'm going to consider this weekend. Look, I love this tournament because it lets you get different. It lets you get comfortably different. And you're not going to be pissed off at the end of the day for taking risks and shots on guys that who you normally can't do. You normally can't do this at, at any other tournament. But those of you guys that study, do your homework, it's most definitely a big advantage. All right, so we're going to go to that 10K range. And the big question immediately comes up with what do you do with Webb Simpson? What do you do with Adam Hadwin? And for me this weekend, it's either you lock and load them in every single lineup or you completely 100% fade them. There is no let's match the field. Both are going to be around 28 to 36% owned, maybe even higher. 
depending on contest selection. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if you got Webb Simpson, like, 38% in single-entry contests, Hadwin potentially up to, like, 40%, depending on how the how the week, you know, flows. Cash game plays? Yes. I get that. But we're not here to talk about cash. You guys have fun making your, your money back. That's cool. I should play more cash. I agree. But I don't. Anyways, I'm of the position to where I'm going to fade these two. And it's not that I don't think they can, be, can compete. It's not that. It's just Webb Simpson is realistically the best player in this field by name by ability no questions asked in my opinion he's that good why wouldn't you lock him in well simply said there's so much variance in golf i'm going to bet on variance in him not being able to be one of the top DraftKings scorers i'm going to bank on him not winning this tournament at ten thousand six hundred dollars adam hadwin same thing i could see more of an argument to play hadwin and the reason being is that when you look at, like, the John Deere Classic, he, he played here in 2016, finished eighth. Of course, people are going to look at that. You're going to look at recent form. Um, Simpson missed the U.S. Open. We had him part of the foreplay last weekend at the Travelers. He finished 13th. Hadwin is on a made cut streak of four straight tournaments before he had missed the cut at the Byron Nelson. So um, that's something to consider. Now, in terms of style rank, Hadwin ranks 17th. Webb Simpson ranks 4th. Again, that's over his long career. Webb Simpson has the most wins on tour, second to Jason Day on this in this field. But we know Jason Day is like just not as not a, not even close to what he was back in his prime. So you guys need to make that decision. Me right now, if I had to pick, most definitely fading the two of them. Strokes gained old, I guess. 36 year old Webb Simpson, not really applicable. My favorite stat, but not applicable to, to to the John Deere, right? A scoring fest, shorter course, doesn't really matter how old you are. It's just more chalky. Get different. Get different somewhere else. So, the gala. Being talked up by house money really big in terms of gambling. The model maniacs talking a lot about him, too. And here's the thing. In his young career, very young career, he does not tend to pop at very easy courses, like, you look at where he did well. The Memorial, not an easy course. Uh, the Travelers last weekend, second place, not an easy course. Way to blow it, you know, at the end there. RBC Canada, 53rd, kind of an easier course. Schwab, kind of easier, 57th. Byron, 70th. So, where do you judge this? Valero, very difficult course, 67th. Valspar, 7th. Missed the cut at the players, missed the cut at the API. At the Genesis, 48th, third at the Waste Mansion Phoenix Open. What I'm kind of debating is more of a narrative than anything else. So, you know, there's just not enough data points to say that he can't play well here. Now, we're, when we look at the stats, birdie average, 18th in the field, second in par fives, 17th in bogey avoidance, 25th in scoring, 17th in scrambling, 54th, though, in greens and regulation. So if he is missing greens, but then again, if anyone's missing greens here, it's going to be a problem. But my biggest issue with the gala. 82nd in the field in fairway hit percentage. You need the driver here, whether you like it or not, to shorten some of these holes up, go for scoring opportunities. If he can't hit fairways, he's not scoring. Tigala, again, double-digit ownership, one of the top three that I'm going to fade, not going to roster him in DFS. Jason Day leaves us with this top tier. I love Jason Day. I love what he did in the past. I'm just done with him. Not here anymore. So this comes to the 9K range. And Denny McCarthy... And Chucky three sticks, I got highlighted as high risk plays. And the thing is, Denny McCarthy coming in at 
um, really doesn't fit this course. Like he, he's never been a scorer. He's never been an amazing approach player. And even playing here, he's got two missed cuts in the last three years. He missed the cut at the Travelers. Um, wasn't great form coming in, right? We saw the seventh plate at the U.S. Open, fifth place at the Memorial, 27th at the Schwab. Uh, let's see, 48th at the PGA. My issue is, is like, is fatigue setting in for Danny McCarthy? I know he's 28, 29 years old, $9,900 on DraftKings, but is fatigue setting in for him? Has he played so much golf at this point that we are not going to roster him? Now, here's the thing. Danny McCarthy has not won on tour. Three sticks, though, has won three times on tour. So let's transition to him. So another guy who doesn't really pop in my model, right? But what I love about Charles Howell III is that on these easy courses, these simple courses, dominates them. And if you look at his stats, especially in the field, Howell is first in greens and regulation. First in birdie average. And these are qualified stats. He's tied for first with Mark McNeely, the guy priced above him in 9,500 for birdie average. We're looking for scoring here. Guy hits fairways. The guy hits greens. Course is short. You look at his course history, 23rd, 6th, 19th. Come on. I would take Howell and McNeely over McCarthy, over those guys above him. And, you know, three sticks might be a core play this weekend. Of course, Bez, your last option here, missed the cut at the Travelers. He's been a little bit off lately. I'm not sure if I'm going to stick with Bez here. Not getting the popularity that I thought he would. Um, only about 8%, 9% ownership right now. Again, a guy who has not won on the PJ Tour. And we know how famous that this course is, this tournament is for first-time winners. Looking at the 8K range, chalk with Scott Stallings, chalk with Patrick Rogers, chalk with Hardy, chalk with Long, chalk with Todd, chalk with Cam Davis. Like, you don't get to like 10% or lower until you get to Glover, Lanto, CT Pan, Cam Champ, and JT Poston. And even Poston, I think he's going to be at a, a little bit higher than than most are anticipating just because it was recent form in his run and people love the recent form kind of look, which is going to take ownership away from someone else. Now, I don't mind going to like this 16 to 14% range with like Nick Hardy, Adam Long, Brandon Todd. Um, those three guys, I feel, are pretty safe. But like Patrick Rogers, I'm just not into. I, I mentioned him on the putting aspect. I don't want to bank on a putter to get hot to hit on chalk. Just not the way I'm going to play. But Scott Stallings, again, he's popular. The problem with the way ownership's shaking out is that if people are rostering a really big, heavy Stars and Scrubs lineup, they're taking some big shots down at the bottom in the 6K range. If they're not doing their homework, those are miscuts, even at this course. So word to the wise, really pay attention to ownership. Try to take advantage of where you can leverage it, whether going massively overweight, massively underweight or players that you feel have the same skill set that can have the same success here that you've seen before so going through this 8k range i like stallings i like hardy i like lucas glover even though he's coming off the win but the guy i really love at 8k is cameron champ and everyone in their right mind is going to say hell no i'm not going to play cameron champ Hell no, he hasn't made a cut since he played at the Byron Nelson. That's four straight missed cuts. Guess what, boys? We did the same thing last week with Kevin Kisner. We put him as a core play on the four play. Damn right. And now here we got Cam Champ, 8,000, 
2021, missed the cut in 2019. You look at his stats, he's an incredible ball striker, misses fairways a ton, okay? But the thing is, the thing that I like about Champ, his ability to score, and just his ability to do well on easy courses. He's a high-risk play. Don't get me wrong. I doubt Cam Champ ends up in the foreplay like Kisner did. I just don't trust him in the same way. Like uh, he, Kisner's 31st in the official world golf rankings. Cameron Champ's 121st. It's not the same play. We're not going, you know, apples to apples here in terms of last week to this week. But I do like Cam here as a high-risk leverage play if you want to get different. Going down to the 7K range, we're most definitely going to go back to Chez Revy. We are going to roster John Ha against my any kind of like intuition that I have. I don't normally like rostering overpriced John Ha, but don't really have many options here this week. But Ha, surprisingly, ranks third in my overall stat model. Revy ranks 32nd. In terms of my confidence model, John Ha ranks 15th. Chez Revy ranks 11th. Okay. We're looking at recent form scoring ability. That's the problem. That's where these guys come in, like, in in with question marks. Now, Reeve can approach the ball like crazy, but he can't really consistently, historically, score. But he's just been on a tear recently. Sneakily below him is Kevin Streelman, and again, he's a guy that people are not going to look at because he missed the cut in 2021. People are looking at those missed cuts as glaring. Almost, almost like bruised fruit. Like, don't touch him. Like Lahiri, one of the putters we mentioned, he missed the cut last year. Fine, take advantage of here. Take advantage of the sleepers. Adam Shank, he's going to be highly popular. Fourth, six before his missed cut. And of course, now we get to Svenny, Adam Svensson, who I'm on. Doug Gim, sadly, who I'm on. Martin Laird, I'm on him. Absolutely on Martin Laird, right? Mark Hubbard, on Mark Hubbard. Absolutely on him. Okay. Tyler Duncan, Sam Ryder, Smotherman, Thompson. So, like, looking at the putters, like, Lipsky, Pendrith, Lebiota. But, like, we're going to talk a little bit about, like, like game theory, how to get different in this 7K range. Like, what do you do? So, like, like let's say you're on Martin Laird. Okay, so you're looking at this, like, 7,100 to, to 7,500 range. How do you get different? How do we predict where people are going to go? Well, first place to start is, you know, John Deere classic course history. Of course, everyone's going to go to Zach Johnson, right? Talk to him like about crazy Ryan Moore. One in 2016, second in 2021. How is he not going to be more popular? Um, there's just a lot of potential here. Like Fratelli, one in 2019, missed the cut in 2021. Missed cuts are available here because the talent pool is just brutal it's grotesque but here's the thing you go into Laird you go to 2022 stats right seventh in scrambling first in approach fifth in ball striking seventh in fairway hit percentage 23rd on par fives 77th in in birdies right guy can score maybe not this year but he can score historically 12th in my overall stat model but the thing is then you look at similar course styles he's terrible because he doesn't score enough, 87th. Nick Taylor, 101st, but then you look at Kazire, Steve Stricker, similar courses. So you really got to consider where you're going to get different. How I'm going to do it is a mixture of things. One, I'm going to look at Carlos history, and I'm going to look at style projections. Here's the thing. Laird, he's inverse of himself. 16th overall at the course, 87th overall in the terms of the style. Someone like Pat and Kazire, 
Third at the course, 16th in overall style, Steve Stricker, who's going to be somewhat popular, 21st and 19th. But then you got like Mark Hubbard, who's coming in at 12%, 13%, 70th in DraftKings scoring at the course, 42nd in terms of style. So how are you going to get different? Like Zach Johnson makes sense, right, from a DraftKings scoring position. But if he's finishing 47th, 48th, and just doesn't have enough DraftKings scoring points, it's going to cost you. Sam Ryder, he's been a phenomenal in terms of his average here because of his limited play. Taylor Moore, okay, someone to consider. And this is just based on DraftKings pricing and who you want to roster in terms of what their upside is. But last guy I want to mention here in this 7K range, Hank Lebiota. I mentioned him as a putter. I'm going to mention him again. I like his ability to score. Again, a lot of these 7K guys like Jaeger, Hoffman, they all hide in this top 20 range in my scoring models. So that's, that's it's pretty significant to consider because you're looking at like if we if we just look at like the bottom like the top 20, okay? Most of the top 20 in my scoring model come in the 7K range. Streelman, Shank, Svensson, Laird, Taylor, Lipsky, Pendrith, Lebiota, Ryan Moore, Chesson Headley, Charlie Hoffman, okay? The rest come above with Glover, Davis, Stallings, McNeely, and Webb, and then below with Sabatini, Taron, and Percy. So, like, a lot of options here. Guys who can be solid on approach, um, pop in my overall stat model, sit in that Goldilocks zone. When you look at PJ stats, it's a little bit more telling. You know, someone like Maverick McNeely topped the birdie average, right? But then, like, someone like Streelman and Shank, in terms of birdie average, are in the middle of the pack. So there's so many ways to get different and break this down. Um, so we're going to start with that 6K range now and kind of look at the players that are popping here. And to be frank, I do think you're going to have to go down here to get different. I just don't think you need to get too different. So the guys I like, Bramlett, Chase Seifert, Cameron Percy, and that's probably about it, the guys I really like in this 6K range. These are guys that are popping in my overall stat model. Interesting options are like Vaughn Taylor. Um, I typically don't like him because of his inability to score. He does do well like on decent tracks like that. I just don't love him here. Um, maybe James Hahn as an option. But Henrik Norlander, if you think he can find it and figure out something. Willie McGirt typically does well on easy courses. But, you know, you look at his course history here, he's got a miscut in 71st. Recent form's been iffy at best. He, he's kind of dialing it on approach, dialing with the putter. But, you know, we'll see. Willie McGirt has one on PGA Tour before. But Cameron Percy probably pops. Again, we talked about Whaley, Sloan, and, and Gligic and how they can they can putt their way into here. Um, and then Brandon Hagee at 6,400. He's looked good at this course before. Uh, do you want to go to Vegas? Do you want to go to Landry? These are guys that pop in this way. Dylan Wu, Jared Wolf, David Hearn, Wierenski, um, Brian Gay, all these guys at the bottom. And, and you can find all this information in terms of the style projections on Fanshare Sports. So make sure you check it out. All right, that's it. It's over. Let's take it home. Oh, you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones and you're off with the boys. To boast and brag, you better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him.
That's it. It's over. It's all over. That is our breakdown of the John Deere Classic. Join us next week as we break down. I haven't decided. Maybe the Scottish Open. Maybe the Barbasol Championship. Kind of depends on the field, doesn't it? But either way, you'll get a show. We'll break it down. And we got the Open following that. Open, man. Open Championship, the 14th, the 17th. Woo! It's going to be fun. It's my favorite. Staying up all night, watching golf. It's one of my favorite. All right. Cash and Smash on Sunday. See you at the top of the leaderboard. Peace.